Are we living the most real life possible? I ask myself this question all the time. Most of the time, the answer is, I just don't know. Sometimes the answer is, definitely not. This is why I have this podcast. I'm Matt Botker, and welcome to the show. Before we get started, just three small things. First, please, please leave a review where all reviews are accepted, like Apple Podcasts. It's the main way by which this podcast gets into the hands of other people. Second, please consider supporting Living the Real through a small recurring donation at patreon.com slash LTR or a one-time donation through Venmo or PayPal, all in the show notes. Third and last, please visit livingthereal.com and sign up for my newsletter where you'll get updates on future resources like upcoming blogs, YouTube channels, guest appearances, and exclusive content on my Living the Real method. Okay, on with the show. Okay, so I want to start this episode with a story. This happened about, gosh, 16, 17 years ago, which makes you want to throw up, actually, because it realizes how old I am. And just an FYI, time flies for those of you who are younger than me. I'm 42, and I feel like it was just yesterday that I was like 28 years old or 25 or something like that. And I was just like, life was in front of me. It still is in front of me, but I'm just crazy how I can say this was like 17 years ago, and I'm not saying I was four at the time. So... This is about 17 years ago, and this is a powerful story that I want to start with that was one of the most humbling moments of my, my life, and this frames the entire episode. Today's episode is why momentum matters, right? We just talked about margin. Now I want to talk about momentum. So I had a spiritual mentor that I would go to every month, and a wise man, he was wonderful, and I'd go to him monthly, and there would be good sessions, not so good sessions, and this was a good and not so good session at the exact same time. So I'm in there with him. And at this point in time, I am getting my master's. So I've kind of had this academic hat and I'm trying to pursue my academics seriously and putting all my time and energy into it. And so as a spiritual mentor, I'm kind of telling them like what's going on with my daily life. And a lot of it's around studying and research and working on my thesis. So he hears all about this. And then after I'm done, he stops for a moment and he just asks me the question, Matthew, and he called me Matthew. Do you know the difference between wish and want? And of course, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to suck. <laughs> so, because I know this is setting the stage for something big. And of course, in a soft, humble voice, I'm like, no, what is it? And uh, he goes, well, if you wish something, you really don't do anything about it. You know, you wish you had a million dollars, you wish you could be here, and you daydream about it, you think about it, but there's no plan, there's no initiative, you just wish. Want is something different. Want is something where it's planned. You'll, in fact, maybe orchestrate your entire day around it at times just so that you can achieve that which you want. Matthew, you want to be a scholar. You just wish you were a saint. Am I right? I was like, what? What do I do with this? And for those of you who don't know the terminology of saint, it comes from, you know, Christianity. And he's not trying to talk about like me being martyred or dead. He's talking about the idea that I should probably be focusing on pursuing myself, the betterment of myself more than achievement. And this was a big awakening moment. I didn't know how to respond. I just kind of groveled and just said, you were right. Cause he was right. And it woke something pretty significant in me that I'm still trying to learn today. And that is that this constant desire to want to chase the busyness, the urgencies of life, and then find myself years later looking back at what I have for myself, which is very little in, in light of how much work I put forward in my life. And this was one of those first moments 
that I needed to realize I need to awake and change my priorities because it wasn't that I wasn't organized. If anyone knows me, I'm overly organized, right? Everything is a checklist to me, which is a really, really bad thing in certain relationships. And so that's not the problem. The problem is I didn't have the right focus, the right vision for my life. And so I was just chasing things. It wasn't that my academics weren't important. They were important. I became obsessed with them to the point of having OCD and then sacrificing the best things in life, relationships, self-mastery, self-worth, these things that, that, that if I were to put that much or even a fraction of that energy that I did in my academics into my own life, the own betterment of my life, I'm sure many people around me would be much more thankful. <laughs> you know, uh, Those vices, those difficulties wouldn't be maybe so prevalent if I, didn't, if I put a little more work into this. So this is where momentum comes from. Do you just wish you had a different life, a better life, or, or you could achieve something great, or do you want it? And it doesn't happen overnight. Just this idea of the intellect of saying, yes, I want it, I will it, is not enough. We realize that we are the most well-read country in the U.S. here than any other about health and well-being, and yet we are the most depressed and highest rates of suicide. And this idea of the intellect of just knowing something isn't enough. We need to feel it so that we can actually get that energy to be able to change our life for the better. And then another thing that I, I live by, I believe that systems save. That sounds ridiculous, I know. Especially a guy who's uberly organized and some of you are like, that's not me. I'm spontaneous. That's ridiculous. Don't confine me to systems. I know people very close to me who can't stand the idea of systems and feel squeezed by it. But when we actually use it, even a little bit, all of a sudden they don't feel actually squeezed. They feel a greater sense of freedom. It goes back to a few episodes, one of the first few episodes with my sister, Angie Long, about the idea that freedom, I think it was episode three, that freedom really exists only in the context of narrowed options. Not too narrowed, but narrowed options. And so here we are at this forefront of 2020. We've had a difficult first few months, and maybe that is saying a little bit lightly. And some of you are thinking, this sucks, right? I don't know what I'm going to do. Or maybe you got let go or furloughed, or maybe you had a loss in the family because of COVID. The impact of the Black Lives Matters and the racial injustice. How do I make a difference? You don't drift through a difference, right? It's much more significant. You've got to be able to not drift, but you have to discover life, not drift through life. So we don't want to be drifting. We don't want to be driven through life because that is a much more kind of manhandling way that leads to uh, use to other people. I want to frame this idea that we want to live a life of discovery. And that first premise of margin is indispensable. That is the framework, that is the foundation by which we then discover ourselves and the path set out for us. So the next step is momentum. And this, the system I have in the 3M framework and momentum that I want to share with you, it's been a brief minute. And then at the end, I have something I want to give away for free to you. That's going to help you right now get traction to do something great in your life and not just drift, not be driven but truly to discover your own life and have the resources and the tools available to accomplish that. Something great. It may be a career change. It could be a relationship change. It could be just the idea of bettering one's own relationship with self and others, right? That is a momentum. That is moving the needle forward in your own life. 
That's different than maintenance, which is my last pillar. Maintenance is this really another indispensable area by which we have a system in place to keep those things that we need to keep control in, we keep them controlled. Whether it's our health, our general well-being, even our house, our relationships, that's keeping it either at the status quo or at a good spot. But momentum is about moving the needle forward in some area in your life, and you don't just drift that way. So I want to I want to kind of exposit, or I want to just show and just talk about how and what I've created to help you right now gain traction in your life to be able to do something great in the next three months. So this idea of momentum is built around a quarter system. I tried other things. I tried yearly goals and they're just so far away that I don't do anything with them until December. <laughs> and then I'm kind of, uh, well, I, I can't get to them. Or then I do monthly goals. It's just, it's just too, it's too little, right? The sweet spot is the quarter. And I'm not the one who came up with this. There's tons of people who have the 12-week year, quarterly goals, quarterly outcomes, I'm not, this is not new, but this is what sits with me. The first of framework is we tackle things quarter by quarter and it's grounded. This quarterly reality is grounded in vision. This is the most important thing that I can give to you is the idea of crafting a really good vision for your life. And it is not difficult. Everybody has a definition of vision. My definition is pretty simple. It is a vision story. It is a vision narrative It's all about just freely writing for maybe a half hour or 20 minutes or maybe as long as an hour to think about your future five years from now, 10 years, whatever it is, the ideal future that you want for yourself. And you write it out as if it is in the present moment and you're seeing it before your eyes now. What is happening right now? It's not, I will have this, that you do have it. And what does it look like? What does it smell like? What does it touch like? What's going on in your life right now that's so fulfilling and incredible? It needs emotion because this is going to be the driving force. Remember, I just told you that the intellect is not enough. We just can't will ourselves to something great. We have to have emotion. And this is the power of the vision because it packs itself with emotion. You're like, I want that. I really, really, really need that in my life. And it begins to formulate clarity of the direction that you want to go for you, for your family, for your business. Without a vision, you just drift. I work with clients who just struggle developing a vision because they want to get to the, to the groundwork. But the groundwork is nothing but random arbitrary chance then. It's slightly navigated because they already have a business structure, but it really isn't aligned with something great until you really have a convincing vision that you can align yourself, the business, and your team, and your family towards. So there's the vision. The second one in is the why. Oh, this is so indispensable. The why is why am I doing this? Why am I even trying to accomplish this vision for myself, right? If the vision is forward-centered, the why is past-centered. Now, this is, if there's one thing you get from this, listen closely. <laughs> and that is, the why is often, it's a belief. It's a belief system. I do this because I believe in this. And that belief oftentimes comes from experience. Well, let's say all the time comes from experience. And oftentimes, it comes from a difficult experience, right? It comes from a, a wound or a difficulty or injustice that happened over and over in your life that at some point in time, within the deepest recesses of your heart and your soul, you decided no more. I don't want this for myself or for the rest of the world. Now it becomes why. 
why you exist. And everybody has different experiences and formulates different whys. And that whys begins to flow into your individual life, your family, your business, everywhere. This is indispensable. Again, it's the core foundation of your existence. So kind of share you share with you a little bit of where, where my why is. You'll begin to see it really quickly. I'm sorry, this episode might be 20 or 25 minutes long, but I think it's really important. So my why, you know what? I, I, my why is I do what I do, livingtheReal.com, what I do on my side stuff, because I believe that everyone deserves to bring their full self to life each and every day. Their full self, the idea of living the real. So where does this come from? It's not a vacuum. I didn't think, hey, this might sell. I'm convinced of this. Why? Because it comes from my past. Because I grew up in a wonderful home, a leave it to beaver home. There was no arguing. It seemed perfect. And it wasn't like any other family that exists. And I didn't realize that until my late 20s, I began to see it. And it was difficult to realize, oh, that wasn't that way. It wasn't perfect. There was actually underlying issues, but they were kept completely secret. And so where, where does this develop my why? It comes from this narrative, this kind of meta narrative that was told to me growing up. This idea of conflict is not accepted. That if you have conflict, you're not loved. The way to keep a home stable is not to bring up issues that cause conflict. Because I never witnessed it. And so compliance became my, my mode of operating. Then you know what that means? Passive aggression. Because you can't live out of the way always. You get frustrated because you don't vocalize it. And I don't even know how to vocalize it correctly. So I'm a double-edged sword. And so I have a tough time telling people what I really feel when it's against what they feel or think. I've been working on this for a while. In some areas, I've shown incredible improvement. In other areas, I'm, I'm miserable. And some of my closest, most intimate relationships, I suffer the most in this. Or I should say, I make other people suffer. So this idea of living the real is real for me because it affects something in an experience that I have that I don't want to feel anymore. And I want to overcome it somehow. And I have some areas where I have and some areas where it just, I just can't do it. I need help. And so living the real came from this, for myself and for other people to help people get out of this. And it's way beyond just that. Living the real clearly is totally expansive to so many others, how we think about things, how we respond to reality in disproportionate and proportionate ways. But at its core, it's that. So what is your why? What experience, what wound, what difficulty did you have that you need to turn around and make your why? And that really does inform your vision, which leads then to the next if your vision is good, not perfect, if your why is emotional and responds, now all of this is in draft form. It never is concretized to the point where you can never change it. It is always changing just like life changes because life is discovery. And the more we enter into life that way, the more we learn about ourselves and realize, oh, my vision might be a little bit different. My why is more deeper or it's a little bit over this direction. We're always in draft form. So we have the why, we have the, the vision, and now we're still in the fluffy clouds, which some of my clients can't stand. They want to get rolling, especially those big, you know, you know, those those driving forces, those those CEO types that just want to move the needle forward right away. The next one then after that is in your objectives. So then part of your quarterly plan is what are my objectives now? So now that I have this vision for myself, what areas what destinations do I want to go towards? Say I want to move to Hawaii. This is kind of real. I would love that, right? My wife would really love that, right? It's part of my vision is just sitting there on the beach at a coffee shop at a juice bar, at a happy hour, doing my work as an entrepreneur and changing people's lives, but at a beach. 
So I describe it. So then one of my objectives is I got to move to to Maui. That's an objective. That's a destination. Like that one literally is a destination. So, so then that's one of my objectives, right? So you'll, you'll look at your vision and from you'll find one to four objectives, just kind of forward, forward moving areas that kind of base what I call sandboxes. What are one or four sandboxes, areas that help you move forward into your vision? That's literally a sandbox for me because I would love to be in that huge sandbox of Maui. And so you have the sandbox and you have one to four of them, but now we got to move the needle again forward again. Now we go objectives to then key results, right? They're called OKRs, right? OKRs, right? Um, for those of you who don't know these, this is not something I've made up, but I kind of, I kind of artistically put all this together. And stay with me. At the end, I have something to help you move forward right away with this. So then the key results. The key results are the measured realities. So I take one object, say it's, I got to move to Maui. So the key results now are going to be measurable and timely, kind of like goals. So if I'm going to move to Maui, what's the first thing I need to do? Well, let's say Hawaii. Well, the first thing is I need to just find out and talk with my family, do, do research of which island we want to move to by, say, October 1st. Maybe another key result is after we have that, then let's do research to find where's the cheapest location on that island that is livable for us that we could possibly move there by November 1st. So you see the key results are more specific. They're a subcomponent of the objectives. Now, I want to take a step back and say, I love objectives and key results way more than goals. I think goals are very specific. They force you to go into one specific kind of way right away. And goals are great. but but. Goals are nothing more than objectives and key results combined. And I like the breakout of them because it allows me to first think a little bit more broadly. What are my objectives? I just need to to find trajectories, roughly areas I need to head towards, right? Trails I need to go towards, destinations. And then from that, I have a sandbox to look at and say, okay, now I have a destination. What do I need to do to accomplish that destination? For me, it's a much more natural way to, to write and to think versus right away, what's my goal, Right. It's just too intense for me. Something gets stuck and it keeps, it keeps, it's too narrow for me. I love the objective. It's much a more broader stroke, which then allows me to kind of hone in on a few narrow, measurable results I need to go towards. Okay, so now we're starting to have traction, but we're not done yet. Finally, we need to have the tactics. And when we are on a, on a quarterly schedule, your, tact- your tactics are going to be weekly. Week one, week two, week three, what are the tactics that are derived from your key results? Now, every quarter, you're only going to take one to three key results at max, right? You have other things to do. You have to buy groceries. You have to change diapers. You have to cook dinner. You have to redo your house. Right now, we're repainting the entire, by we, I mean my wife, which she is just awesome at and exhausted right now with three boys, five, four, and two, with no help because we can't bring anybody else because of COVID. As we're helping our 86-year-old mother-in-law. So we have no hope. We're trying to help. We're trying to juggle all of this. She's exhausted. There's other things you have to do. There's life. So this momentum is not all of your life. It's one to three things for a quarter. You're going to move the needle forward in a big way and make a difference. And then you're going to sprinkle in all of the other stuff in your daily life. So one to three key results for an entire quarter. So you may have found four objectives and each objective has three or four or five key results. So maybe you have 20 key results that you brainstormed for, for just this vision. Well, you're picking one to three of them. For this quarter only, good news, guys, you have four quarters in a year. You can knock out more if you work and you stay focused. And now is the daily routine. Every Friday before the end of work, every Sunday, you review 
You, you do an alignment, you look at your, your objectives, your key results, and you say, what's the things I want to do to move the needle forward, my tactics, my actions to move the needle forward this week for my key results, which align with my objectives, which align with my vision and my why. Now I'm in harmony. Now I'm doing something great in my life. So check this out. I want you to do this. There's tons of resources I have to help you to get moving on this. Make 2020 your best year starting now. Don't allow this to drift away. Don't be having a driven mentality out of anger or frustration. Discover your life and do something great for yourself and for your family. And you're not going to do it by just sitting around and randomly picking stuff. It requires a system. I really believe systems save. Systems do save. It helps you. Now, of course, systems and accountability. And let me be your accountability partner on this. I want to help you. So if you go right now, to livingthereal.com slash momentum matters. Livingthereal.com slash momentum matters. I'm going to give you my free quarterly momentum plan template. You can download it. You can use it. It's a Google sheet. You can download it to a spreadsheet. And not only that, I know that when you see it, you may think, okay, how do I use this? I'm going to give you a series of emails day by day for about four or five days to help you step-by-step go through to create your own quarterly plan so you can do something great this quarter. Now, you don't have to wait. Don't think, well, like me. I'm like, well, a quarter, right? So see, January, March, May, June. Well, it's a good time. July is starting. But if you get this in the middle of July or in August, don't wait to the next quarter. You don't have to have quarters by the calendar year. Your quarter starts right now, whenever you need to. So starting now, again, livingthereal.com slash Momentum Matters. It's something that I exclusively use with my clients. I'm giving away for the first time free. You can have it with a series of emails that's going to help you get the traction you need. I believe the Momentum Matters more now than anything in any time when we're suffering the most. I remember this great quote by C.S. Lewis. I say it so often, this idea of the seller and the rats. And he talks about that if you go in and turn the lights suddenly, you're going to see and have the rats be exposed. But if you go in banging and clanging and then turn the lights, you won't see any rats, right? The suddenness of the light did not cause the light, cause the rats to show up. It simply illuminated the reality of the rats. 2020, the pandemic, the racial injustice is in a terrible and difficult and hard flicker of the light that suddenly came on. And instead of asking the questions, why does this always happen to me? Why does this do this every single time? I'm always a failure. Change the mindset to a different set of questions. Where's the gift in this, in the spirit of discovery? What does this make possible for me? Where's the opportunity in this right here, right now, where life can be different for you, for your family, for your business, for the people that are so close to you right now? So do not drift anymore. Make this a life of discovery. You can only do that by two things. Systems, right? Good systems that help you navigate this, the life and accountability. I'm here for you. All right. Check it out. Livingthereal.com slash Momentum Matters. Go there, get your free download, and I'll help you step-by-step through the process. And then the next episode, we're going to talk about maintenance, how to keep all the other stuff in your life intact. So let's get going. Let's make 2020 the best year possible. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living the Real. If you want to check out more information, go to livingthereal.com and sign up for my newsletter. If you want to support this podcast, you do that at patreon.com slash LTR, as well as one-time payments at Venmo and PayPal in the show notes. See you all next episode. Take care. Bye-bye. 
Before you head off, I just have one small favor to ask of you. If there's anybody in your life that you can think of, two people that might really could use this Living the Real podcast, would you share it with them this week? I'd greatly appreciate it. Somebody in your life, like, man, they could just use a deeper perspective, right? Maybe a calling to a bigger purpose, or maybe they just need a better plan in their life. Share with them. Give them the hope that they need to be able to get out of whatever they need to get into, to be inspired to do something great. So if you can think of two people in your life right now who could use a little bit more of a realness in their week, please share it with them. Take care. Bye-bye.